Welcome to This AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. And here is your host, Sarah Haber. Alrighty, so it's now 12.05. We are going to go ahead and get started with our first ever live podcast recording. So thank you all for joining us. This is really super special for all of you to be here today. Um, So for those of you who do not know, my name is Sarah Haber. I am the communications and events coordinator here at Arizona Serve, um, and I'm also going to be hosting today's podcast. So just a little bit of some background on our podcast series. This is something that we started at Arizona Serve as a way to highlight some of the things that our members are up to, as well as have our members share their stories on what their experience has been like serving as an AmeriCorps volunteer, specifically with Arizona Serve and specifically here in Arizona. Um, So today, we have a very, very special guest. We are going to be chatting with our AmeriCorps Vista serving with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona, and her name is Emily Parker. Hello, Emily. Hello. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Emily, uh, if you can kind of just further introduce yourself, kind of give us a little bit of some background on, you know, who you are and how you ended up in this Vista role that you are currently serving. So yeah, I'm Emily and I have been living in Tucson now since the beginning of August. I came to Tucson initially with a different volunteer opportunity that was just August and September, um, actually at Casalitas, which is a temporary shelter for asylum seeking families. And Once I got here, I kind of knew that two months in Tucson didn't feel like enough. I really like the city, and I feel like there's a lot going on here for me to learn from. So I started looking for different opportunities to stay here a bit longer. And the best opportunities I found were through AmeriCorps. So I applied for student VISTA positions, and the one that I applied to through Arizona Serve, in which I ended up being offered and accepting was with the Diaper Bank Southern Arizona, which I had never even heard of a diaper bank before I started working at one. But now that I've learned more about diaper need and period poverty and the different issues we address, I'm very passionate about it. And I was really drawn to the role because the position description is an outreach coordinator, coordinating volunteers, trainings, Uh, doing a lot of communications. Those were all skills uh, that I was really interested in and aspects of nonprofit management that I really wanted to try out. So yeah, it felt like a good fit. I'd say it still does. Yes. And Emily, I actually remember, I think this was probably my second day in Tucson um, serving in this role that I'm serving in now, um, where I actually met you at U of A to recruit you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I met so many recruiters that day that I didn't like place you to that event, but it makes sense. (laughs) So, Emily, as the outreach coordinator at the Diaper Bank, what does that entail? Can you kind of talk us through maybe what a typical day looks like or some key takeaways uh, of what you do in that role? Yeah. So, I actually have my cheat sheet VISTA assignment description here. 
And uh, according to that, the the basic roles were becoming familiar with poverty in Southern Arizona and diaper need and material need and how those needs interact and organizing a team of diaper bank ambassadors. That's really the focus of this outreach role because there are other diaper banks around the nation that have done a diaper bank ambassador program that was successful. And so my role is actually the second year of a three-year program. So with three different VISTAs developing this diaper bank ambassador program that will basically be a team of outreach volunteers to support diaper bank community outreach and engagement that will be designed to be sustainable when that three-year VISTA project is up and there's no longer a full-time person dedicated to that program. And then also just working on community outreach in general, especially with the goal of promoting diaper drives, because those are similar to a food drive. You know, it's a very engaging community event, and it helps us both to bring in diapers and to make our program more community supported and locally supported and more sustainable because we're like diversifying where we're getting our diaper donations from. And also is a tool for outreach. Uh, Diaper drives, even smaller ones that maybe don't bring in a huge dollar value in terms of what they're donating, just the outreach impact of that can be really important. So those are both reasons why those are focuses of my assignment. And, you know, while you are conducting this outreach on the diaper drive, what are some questions that folks maybe have for you? Like, where are these diapers going? And, you know, why is there this need, particularly here in Tucson, to be, you know, donating diapers? Those are definitely questions that we get. And I mean, just a lot of people haven't heard of a diaper bank before. The Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona is actually the nation's first diaper bank, which we're quite proud of. So before this organization existed, there really weren't dedicated diaper banks. But the fact is that WIC and food stamps and similar like benefits programs that are used to buy food and other essentials can't be used for diapers, even though if you think about For example, a mother who is running on a really tight budget or who's really concerned about monthly essentials, probably food and diapers are going to be her two biggest concerns. And there have even been studies that diaper need causes even more stress or can be more correlated with depression for mothers than food need. Maybe because there are more resources available uh, when a family's in need of food, but not necessarily for diapers. So We're trying to be a resource and our model, which a lot of other diaper banks have adopted, is basically being a distribution hub. So we have our warehouse and we work with corporations and with individual donors and grants and community diaper drives to bring in diapers. And then we work with, I think right now it's 48 partner agencies. We may have a few additional um, because of COVID-19. You know, things are changing quickly, but they will place orders and we will distribute diapers to those partner agencies. So then people in the community throughout Southern Arizona who are receiving diapers, they're receiving that as part of more integrated services. They're receiving it through agencies that are already doing great work in the community. And so we want to support their work by adding diapers as 
one more thing that they can more easily provide along with whether it's employment services or teen pregnancy services or just really big variety senior centers and now for you you are in this position where you are conducting outreach so mm-hmm. it's a lot of talking with the public talking with different community partners is that something that you always kind of had in your you know, previous experiences, whether in school or other jobs, you know, conducting outreach and, you know, communicating with people? Is that something that you always had or is that something that you've kind of had to develop uh, as you've been in this role? I would say that the outreach component of it was something that I definitely was drawn to. In kind of previous experiences, I've really enjoyed doing outreach, especially like building partnerships. Because when you're working with different like nonprofits and organizations that are already doing great work in the community, when you can be the connection and bring different groups together to collaborate on stuff in a way that benefits both of their missions and builds both of their impact, that's just super exciting and super exciting how you can see different projects grow and take hold through that. So I was really drawn to this because of that aspect of the work. I would say outreach is maybe a little bit, community outreach is a little bit harder in a community where you are new. You know, I'm I'm new in Tucson and so I don't have as many community connections for that reason. But at the same time, by the time I got here to the diaper bank, I'd already volunteered with two different organizations in Tucson and I would say being part of Arizona Serve is a huge benefit because it just connects you to this network of a lot of nonprofits. Like I can reach out to the whole Arizona Serve news list and be in touch with volunteers and people plugged into a lot of different organizations who are really interested in, you know, the types of services and workshops that we're trying to promote. And the opposite is true too, that I find out about a lot of stuff going on in the community because of our Facebook group and because of our newsletter. So yeah, so I would say the outreach here, it's maybe a little bit harder given that I'm new in town, but a little bit easier because the diaper bank has a lot of partners. Arizona Serve has a lot of connections and I do like talking to people and getting to know people, doing stuff like emails and social media. So those parts of the job feel exciting, I guess, <laughs> when they go well. I think that there is definitely something to be said about, you know, Arizona Serve being this intermediary organization and having a cohort of other VISTA members and other AmeriCorps members who are here in our communities who are not necessarily doing the same service as we are and we're not serving at the same sites every day. But, you know, that in of itself is an added benefit, especially for our volunteers who, as you said, are coming into a community that's brand new. Well, mm-hmm. here's this network that we can at least start you off with. It's our, it's our Arizona Serve network. Yeah, I know. Just to, just to plug Arizona Serve, I mean, I know I'm on your guys' podcast, but I'm not just saying this because, <laughs> because of that. Like I, Because I had been looking at AmeriCorps positions for a while. I mean, I had older cousins who did VISTA and AmeriCorps. So this kind of thing had been on my radar for a long time. 
but I don't think all the positions are supported in the same way as the ones through Arizona Serve are. I mean, just the fact that we do the civic engagement or the civic leadership training. Um, and that's like a one credit course through Prescate. So it's nice that that's something that, you know, I can put on a resume and I can put on my LinkedIn profile, but also it's just this like crash course and all the terminology you need in nonprofit management, uh, since you're basically doing a year-long internship in nonprofit management as a VISTA. So I feel like that's been super helpful. The guest speaker series is pretty cool also in bringing in community members and, and just having, yeah, that like community network and feeling more plugged into that. And like you said, it's a lot of members, some of whom are local, some of them are from out of state. We're all, we all have this thing in common that we want to, we're these idealists who want to do a service year or who've like gotten a job with the organization. So people who you can connect with and who have different connections in the community. So I would say that a position that's through Arizona Serve, there are definitely benefits that you're not going to get with just any AmeriCorps position. In other states and regions, they might, some programs might have like similar programs where there's more of a network to it, but an individual position wouldn't have, you know, all of these trainings and events and networks tied to it. And so circling back, Emily, to kind of more about the diaper bank, here's this nonprofit helping to, you know, help supply folks who are in need of diapers. Um, Mm -hmm. But There's also another component to this organization that taps on another angle, and that's on sustainable periods. I know that you have actually presented quite a bit of some sustainable period workshops. I know that you actually have a webinar coming up on that. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I would say um, the Diaper Bank, you know, it's a really small staff, and they're really supportive. Uh, or they've been really supportive of me and kind of pursuing things that I'm interested in and really being excited about my ideas as well. And honestly, I'm the only person on staff who has experience with reusable menstrual products and that kind of thing. The diaper bank just in 2018 started working with period supplies as well. So it's a much smaller percentage of what we're distributing, but it is a program that we are trying to grow, especially in terms of outreach, because we feel like there's a whole section of the community, maybe a younger section than the one we're connected to, who could be more passionate about this issue. And so it's something they definitely were excited to have me focusing on and outreach as a component of what we're doing. One of my coworkers had the idea for dedicating February to be this love period campaign around our period supplies program, similar to how we have diaper need awareness week in September and we have our December diaper drives. So during February, especially, I was focusing on reaching out to corporations, reaching out to local businesses and different local organizations about this work we're doing and trying to get them involved in some way. And just like we have a cloth diaper program for people, for families for whom cloth diapers, reusable diapers are a good option. We wanted to also make reusable period products accessible as well. So some people may have heard of like the Diva Cup, or there are also modern cloth pads are becoming popular, which are just, you know, similar to 
old-fashioned pads, but designed for modern clothing. So they're much more comfortable and practical. And so, yeah, that's something that I was really passionate about myself and thought could be a good option for a lot of people. And the way we are approaching reusable period supplies is the same way we're approaching cloth diapers, which is that we're all about giving people options and we're all about increasing access to these supplies. So we are doing webinars right now on both cloth diapering and reusable period supplies so that people can learn about what using these products would look like, get all of their questions answered, and we just want to remove barriers to being able to choose that as a viable option and kind of give people the full picture so they can make the best choice for themselves. And if people want to find out about upcoming webinars, they can follow the Diaper Bank. We are Diaper Bank Southern AZ on Facebook, and we are Diaper Bank SAZ on Instagram. Although, honestly, if you just search Diaper Bank Southern Arizona, we're going to come up. You'll find us. <laughs> and for period supplies, we are Access Period AZ. So, Access Period AZ on both Facebook and Instagram. Our first reusable periods webinar is going to be the last day of the month, April 30th, which is a Thursday from 12 to 1. Yeah, I myself was actually able to attend one of your sustainable period workshops a couple months ago. And I thought you did an awesome, awesome job. And I think that you did a really nice job of passing on this information to people who this might be kind of new to. Thanks. And thanks for coming and supporting. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll have co-presenters this time, which is good. Actually, after the first pilot workshop, which you came to, a few different women came to me afterwards saying that they would be interested in helping to lead these sorts of workshops. So nice works. I'm excited about that kind of a sustainability aspect. I'm hoping to do a few with co-presenters and then, you know, kind of distance myself from the program a bit more. Awesome. Yeah. So Emily, I'm curious as to how, you know, serving at the diaper bank, serving as the outreach coordinator, how does this kind of fit into your long-term goals and aspirations that you have? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I definitely came to Arizona and still came into this position, not totally sure on what I want to do, but having ideas about different fields that I'm interested in. All of them are communication related in one way or another. So in that sense, I feel like, you know, community engagement, communication, that kind of stuff is going to prepare me for any sort of role. I was really interested in nonprofit management. And so just VISTA in general is kind of the go-to program for, I think, an entryway into the nonprofit world um, or nonprofit management, especially. It's really what it's focused on. And I also personally am interested in ministry as well, Um, maybe going to seminary and becoming a minister. And so that's also something that I personally have been thinking about. And again, with that, it's community engagement, communication, all those skills are really applicable. So yeah. Awesome. So now what we're going to do, so for folks who are tuned in uh, listening, we are going to open up the floor to you guys to see if you have any questions for Emily or for myself, if you have questions specifically about Emily's position at the diaper bank or just general AmeriCorps questions, feel free to unmute yourselves um, if you have any questions. Hi, Emily. And everyone, this is Donna. Hi, Donna. Um, 
So I am a, an evacuee. I just recently returned from Central Asia with Peace Corps. Mm. And um, I found uh, this podcast uh, meeting uh, on the Return Peace Corps support Facebook page. So the reason I wanted to listen in is because um, I'm not in Arizona. I'm on the opposite end of four corners from y'all. But um, I'm trying to find a way how to do some service in my home state. And um, I wanted to hear, you know, how things are going there in Arizona. The truth is I haven't, um, I'm still in the process of re-entry. And so, you know, I need to do a little bit more searching. I'm not uh, looking for a, um, like a job in Washington, D.C. So (laughs) this is my home. This is where I live. I have, you know, there's lots of opportunities out there right now for volunteers, return Peace Corps volunteers to apply all over the place. But um, uh, my intention or my, my desire is just to serve locally here. So I like what I'm hearing about the diaper bank and um, sustainable period supply bank. Um, Yeah. And if you all have any contacts or suggestions about Vista or AmeriCorps happening in New Mexico, uh, let me know. Yeah. I mean, I think, am I correct in the place to look for AmeriCorps postings is mostly the my.americorps.gov? Yeah. So just like Emily said, you know, AmeriCorps, as most of you probably know this, this is, you know, something that happens all over the country. And so um, you can actually find opportunities kind of anywhere you want. So if you were specifically looking in the area in New Mexico, you can do that search on myamericorps.gov. And then as far as like specific programs in New Mexico, off the top of my own head, I don't know of any, but I can actually, you know, circle back with our team and maybe even do some research on other programs that are based in New Mexico. I would really appreciate that. Cool. Does anyone else have any other questions for myself or Emily? Um, Hi, this is Casey. Um, I am actually also a recently evacuated Peace Corps volunteer from Morocco, and I'm really excited to be a part of this Zoom meeting, and especially that, Emily, um, that you are serving in Tucson, because um, the reason I'm looking at Arizona AmeriCorps positions is because I'm really interested in some master's programs at U of A. Mm. so I've been looking kind of at positions in Southern Arizona. Um, but I guess a question that I have is that I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of like what your guys' training looks like. Like what was it like when you first arrived in Tucson and like how did you kind of get started in the position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like I mentioned, I got to Tucson initially in August. And by the time I started with the diaper bank, it was November and I had been living in Tucson for over three months at that point. But my orientation with AmeriCorps, you know, it's kind of a lot of organizations within organizations. So honestly, there were a lot of orientations, which is like has its pros and cons. So there was a bit of training associated with VISTA and like the National VISTA program and general stuff about poverty and how to serve as a VISTA and what building sustainability means. And then there was also Arizona Serve. We had 
my first day of service was an orientation at the Changemaker campus, which is where we have all the Arizona Serve trainings and guest speaker series and events like MLK Day. And so that was kind of my initial training. And then on site as well, um, I have a really small office, but we had, you know, a checklist to go through. And in my case, you know, I was working in a really small office and working really directly with my supervisor. And so the the training was kind of, you know, here's some, here's the sustainability finder. In my case, if you're in a position where there's been a VISTA serving before, you should inherit a sustainability binder from the previous VISTA um, and build a sustainability binder for the following VISTA that is kind of, you know, a crash course on everything you should know for the, for the position and useful resources. And so, yeah, I'd say my first week with AmeriCorps was kind of getting oriented to the organization where I was serving and building into that role. So, yeah, I would say like my orientation kind of had a lot of different layers to it. And then like we were talking about, you get to know the area a little bit just through talking with other people at Arizona Serve events, making friends that way. That can be a group of people that you go explore new places with. Thank you. Yeah. Does anybody else have any other questions? Part of my reason, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I just wanted to check it out because you're the only kind of AmeriCorps Vista Arizona Serbs group that has offered uh, this kind of public that I'm aware of, you know, way that I could hear what, what y'all are doing. Um, my part of my interest is um, like others, I have um, graduate education in mind for the future. And so I have been looking in my dream world for any kind of part-time participation. And I don't know if, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm all, of course interested in field work. Um, I don't know what that means or what that looks like in this context, you know, uh, but I'm just kind of putting that out there. Those are some of my things that I'm looking for. And again, maybe in future email correspondence, you know, you guys could steer me in a direction or another. That would be really appreciated. Yeah. So Emily is one of our VISTA volunteers, and there are actually a couple of different branches of AmeriCorps. Um, And so the other branch that our program actually does have is the state and national level. And so those positions you can actually find either part-time all the way up to full-time. And so if, you know, you were somebody who was wanting to go to school at the same time as doing your service and you were looking for a service that was more, you know, eight to 10 hours a week or whatever that may be, something that's not full-time, we also do have those positions. Specifically to New Mexico, that is also something that you can find on the myamericorps.gov website. And we can, as I said, you know, as we're looking for other programs that are in New Mexico, we can try to, you know, make sure that they also have positions that are also part-time. Hi, I'm Brooke. I'm also an evacuee or evacuated from um, the East Caribbean Pulse, Arizona Island, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. My question was about the um, stipend. There's a a monthly stipend, right? Um, I I had a question about that. If it was like a mouth to um, sustain you and also um, how is it like how is it finding housing my main thing is like um, 
my plan was to relocate because I'm from Chicago, Illinois, mm -hmm. and I want to move out of state. And so that's, um, I was interested, in, I'm interested in this um, because it's a chance to be out of state and see what it's like and whatnot. So I was pretty uh, curious about that to see, you know, the money that I do have, would I be, you know, spending that on my uh, readjustment allowance? Uh, would that be enough for me to survive off of? Um, so yeah. I can speak to my personal experience with that. Generally, I know that Vista, it's, yeah, you get a living stipend. So you're not an employee, so you're not making minimum wage. You're making less than minimum wage. And the living stipend is based on what's considered to be the poverty line in the region where you're serving. So it is a modest living stipend. And I would say in my personal situation, it is doable but I know I have a lot working in my favor in that. I don't own a vehicle, so I don't really have to spend that much on bus passes and bike maintenance. I don't have any dependents, you know, at this point in my life. So I would say as a single person who doesn't have that many expenses, this is working for me fine and I'm able to live within my means that are provided by this. Also making this allowance, I am eligible for SNAP, so for food stamps, and VISTA members are definitely encouraged to be using all of the public economic resources available for people living at the poverty line because that is what you're earning. And so I'm using food stamps. My health insurance is through uh, Medicaid provided by the state of Arizona. Yeah. So just as Emily said, VISTAs will receive a living allowance of $12,490 for that entire year. So like she said, you would get that in equal bi-weekly amounts, and then you would also get your $100 housing subsidy, and that goes directly to a landlord. So, you know, it is tough. I also am from the East Coast. I'm originally from New York. And so comparatively, I would say that living in Tucson is much more affordable than New York is in general. That being said, you know, it does kind of get tough. So we have, we place members in both Tucson and Prescott, Arizona. And I actually served as a Vista in Prescott before relocating to Tucson. And so living on the Vista budget in Prescott, I did find it to be a little bit difficult. That being said, what Arizona Serve does do is if you were to apply for a position and we offer you a position and you accept the position, we would provide you with a welcome packet. And in that welcome packet, we would have a list of different resources for different housing options, we would try to connect you with other members who are entering service at that time or members who are already here. So if you were looking to connect with somebody to have a roommate to kind of, you know, help with the cost of rent, we would, we would try to help make those connections for you. And then we've also done a pretty good job of also making connections in general. Our organization try to connect with other individuals in the community that we know of who can also help out with housing. So, you know, it is tough. There are options. It is doable. And we would try to provide you with as much help and support in that process as we can. I also just remembered I want to mention, in addition to just, like you said, the living stipend that's every other week, uh, there's also a settling in allowance. And if you're relocating from... I think over 50 miles 
a relocation allowance? Yeah. So you would get a relocation allowance and a settling allowance. So your relocation allowance is actually going to be 40 cents a mile. And you don't get it right before you actually officially start service. You would get that six to eight weeks after the start of your service. But then we would also give you a $750 um, settling in allowance in your first paycheck. Does anybody else have any other questions? Um, This is Casey again. I have just one more question. Is it common for AmeriCorps members to have like a part-time job? Like on like maybe just working like one other day a week, you know, at a coffee shop or something on the weekend. Is that common? Yes, you are absolutely allowed to get a part-time job. The only thing that we ask is that your part-time job obviously does not interfere with your uh, service hours. And you also cannot get a part-time job at the same place that you are serving. So for example, let's say you were serving at your county's health department and the health department has a part-time position available, you would not be able to actually take that part-time gig. So it must be separate from where you're serving, and it cannot interfere with your hours. So at a coffee shop on the weekends or at a coffee shop in the morning before you go to, go to your service site, that's totally allowed. Okay, thank you. All right. I think we have time for maybe one more question, if anyone has. Um, I guess I'm just curious, Emily, how has your service changed since, you know, COVID-19? Like what, can you telework? Like, what is that like? That's a great question. Yeah. 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 um, It's been crazy. And I feel like Sarah, you probably are in a similar boat with this. I know there was a like social justice seminar that the U of A hosted online. And Sarah, you spoke during that. And I remember that you had said something along the lines of work is changing and like it kind of takes some time to adjust to doing this job remotely and like just because that transition is messy doesn't mean that you're bad at your job or whatever I don't want to put words in your mouth but you said something along those lines and it like really helped me because that really was where I felt like I was I would say since I'm doing communication stuff, outreach. It is my job I am doing on the computer. Uh, there are definitely s- some AmeriCorps positions that are very hands-on. And so they are having to be really flexible in how they're meeting their volunteer hours. As a VISTA, probably most of your work is going to be more office type work. And so I can do it from home, but working from home for me is not my ideal work environment. And also my favorite part of my position is the people I work with. Everybody on staff at the diaper bank is just so awesome when we all get on really well and seeing them every day and talking with them and just having that really informal collaborative kind of work environment was what I love and I only see them once in a while when we have a phone call or zoom call so I would say and I think that kind of makes the communication harder too because we had an office environment that was very you pop into someone's office you interrupt them with any sort of little question and like we're always in communication You can't really replicate that over email or over scheduling phone calls. So I would say, yeah, I'm still working. I haven't run out of things to work on. And we're kind of developing new things too, trying to do more social media outreach. We're doing these webinars. So definitely adapting to the social distancing. And um, But it has, 
it's affected my role, I feel like mostly just in how I communicate with my coworkers is what it's impacted the most. And for different AmeriCorps positions, you know, they're having to adapt in different ways. There has been like Vista in general has given us more flexibility on like, you know, doing jobs that are maybe outside of our initial Vista assignment description or that, you know, because maybe things that were your initial responsibilities just aren't doable in the current circumstances and you're kind of looking for other ways to spend your volunteer hours. So I'd say right now, like everyone from like the Arizona serve staff to at a national level, there's a lot of flexibility in how people are fulfilling their obligations if they can't fulfill the, the assignment that they initially signed up for. All righty. Well, I want to thank you all again for joining us. Once again, this was our first time doing our podcast live. So thank you all for being here. Thank you, Emily, for being here and sharing your experience and your insight. If anybody has any questions, feel free to email us. Annie actually put our email in the chat. So um, it is apply at arizonaserve.org. We've also included the link to our newsletter there as well. So feel free to subscribe to that to get the latest on what our members are up to. And yeah, feel free to check out this podcast on Apple, on Spotify. You just got to search for This AmeriCorps Life and, and we'll be there. So yeah, thank you all for being here. Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone who came for asking great questions. Bye everyone. (laughs) Bye. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at arizonaserve.org and at prescott.edu.